the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, friends, for joining the Sue Freeze Show today. And I just feel very blessed, very fortunate, and very thankful to be on the air with you today. Today was a very busy day for me. I've got different things going on, properties, employees, uh, you know, just all the different things that go with having a company and, and having many, many employees. And we are hiring, and I had a guy that worked with me before, and he called me today, and he said, I want to leave the company I'm with, Sue, because I just feel you're speaking to me, and I've been praying for uh, for the Lord to guide me and where I'm supposed to go. And I just really believe that I'm supposed to be with you and with your company because of how you run it, what you do. And and I, I'm saying that not to pat myself on the back. I'm saying that because, uh, you know, in this time of troubled times, I mean, there's so much coming at us about, you know, um, companies being able to just take our voice away from us and the power that these big companies have that can affect us personally, our businesses, um, the companies we work for, just being censored to the point where we can't even have freedom of speech. And it's really scary and very sad. And so I have to just totally realize that this is out of my control and it's out of your control, but we still have a voice. And God gave us a mind and a heart and a soul, and that he gave us freedom of choice. And so with that freedom of choice, the thought I have for today was right, the word right, R-I-G-H-T. I'm going to design an acronym. I would love to have yours. If you could contact me and go to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com, I would love for you to go there and come up with your own acronym for the word right. And what I mean by right is I want to personally, I want to do the right thing. I want to, I want to do the right thing in business, at home. I just want to do the right thing. I want to be the right person. I want to be the person God wants me to be. I want to be that right person. And so in order to do that, we need to know what right is first, right? We have to know what right is. So it was interesting because I came in today and I said, hey, Lydia, she's my assistant. Just love her. Anyway, I said, hey, Lydia, I said, I need you to go to Bible Gateway and I need you to print, you know, put the results for right. And I said, I don't even remember right being in there other than right, left, maybe, or something like that, you know, turn right, turn left or whatever. I, I didn't really think that there I, I didn't remember where there was right. I did remember that the Bible has righteous, which I'm sure has a lot to do with doing the right thing. Doesn't it? Righteous, being a righteous person, uh, is doing the right thing. 
So I was amazed because I asked her and then I thought, I want to know. And so I went in myself and I, I uh, looked up the word right. And do you know that Bible Gateway shows that they're, the results for the word right, R-I-G-H-T, is 929 times? That's a lot. This is the NIV version. Okay. And uh, so I wanted to read some of these because I was really surprised when it came up with the word right and where it came in. So the first one is, what then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. So that didn't have the word in it right, did it? But if you think about doing the right thing, and everything must be done so that the church may be built up, that's the reason why we want to do the right thing, isn't it? We want to do things right because we want to be blessed. You know, out of obedience comes blessing. I've been told that so many times, and I've taught my children that. Out of obedience comes blessing. So the story I told you just a minute ago where I just got off the, the phone, and he's going to start in two days, um, he decided that he was missing E. cola. He was missing what we do at E. cola. He was missing doing things right. And he's working for another company where they didn't do, his words, not mine, things right. And he wanted to be where they did things right. So the blessing for me is out of obedience comes blessing and I need people and not just anybody. I need the right people. I've said that and I do. I need the right people. And so I don't know if you know somebody that maybe you are or you know someone that could be a right person for E. cola, but we are hiring. And in the last two weeks, we've hired four people and uh, we're still hiring. We, we need, oh, I don't know, 16 more. And we have six offices, soon to be seven. And uh, we're growing and uh, very excited about the whole thing, even during COVID. You know, it's it's a tough time, and everybody's concerned about who's coming to their house and, and all of that. So we're doing things different, but that's okay. We're doing things different. That's all right. We still have a job to do, and we want to do it, and we want to do it right. So Genesis 4-7, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Is this a message for anyone out there? When I read social media and I read people that I thought were friends, people that I thought were like-minded, and I read what's being spoken and what's being said and censoring the president of the United States, I'm just going to be bold right now. But that's just wrong. It's wrong. Genesis 6-9, Noah and the flood. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man blameless among the people of his time and he walked faithfully with god are we supposed to do that too are we supposed to be walking faithfully with god the lord then said to noah go into the ark you and your whole family because i have found you righteous in this generation genesis thirteen nine, is not the whole land before you let's part company if you go to the left i'll go to the right If you go to the right, 
I'll go to the left. We'd have to read more into that. I, mean, I want to know what's before this and what's after it to understand what that's saying right there because I'm really not clear and I don't have it to give to you, so I apologize. But what this does is it challenges you. This is Genesis 13, 9. I'd love for you to get back to me and tell me what you found out because, you know, we're in this together, right? Um, okay, so Genesis eighteen nineteen. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. When I was thinking about the company meeting, I'm having a company meeting. We've done it every year since I, since I bought E.C.O.L.A. and that was 20 years ago. That's mind-blowing for me. But 20 years ago, uh, you know, I have this annual company meeting, and this company meeting has a specific intentional goal, and it's to get everybody to understand where we were, where we are, and where we're going. And it's also to reward and celebrate those that have really come forward and really enhanced what they've done and their participation and their contribution to the whole of our company. They need to be recognized because they went above and beyond the call of duty. They went above and beyond being right. And we're supposed to do that for the Lord. We're not working for our employer. We're working for the Lord. And no matter what you put your hand to, you want to do the best or the right that you can do. It, that's what we're called to do. And that's anything in our lives. But then the question is, is, you know, when the Lord gave me that word right, this whole last year, I've been thinking about, I want to do the right thing, but I'm not sure what the right thing is. Do we wear masks? Do we not? Is it healthy? Does it save us? Or is it hindering us and making us sick? How long do we quarantine? How, what's the distance we need to stay away? Do we close our businesses or do we not? Are we responsible if somebody gets sick? Are we not? There's so many decisions and so many choices. And where do we get our information from? How do we know what is right? And I just had to realize that the only place I could really depend on, the only place I could really set my heart on and know that I was doing the right thing is when I could find it in Scripture. It's the only time where I could stand firm on that and believe that what I was doing was the right thing. Now, you might be struggling. You might be wondering, are you doing the right thing? Because sometimes, you know, what you don't know can hurt you. And sometimes we don't even know what we don't know. I mean, that sounds weird, doesn't it? But it's true. We don't always know what we don't know. But what we don't know can hurt us or someone else for that matter. So the question is, first of all, you have a choice. Do you want to do the right thing? Secondly, how do you know when it's the right thing? And we'll get into this, and I'm probably going to have to talk fast because I got a lot of information here. But I thought it was really interesting how God uh, showed me these things. And, uh, you know, it was just uh, eye-opening to me. Genesis forty-eight fourteen. But Israel reached out his right hand and put it on Ephraim's head. Though he was the younger and crossing his arms, he put his left hand on Manasseh's head. Even though Manasseh was the firstborn. I don't know. It just says the word right. So I really, I don't know. We'd have to read into that too to find out what was going on there. Joseph said to him, no, my father, this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. So this is the story about two, two little boys and they were noticing that the father was putting the right and the left hand on 
and and the 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 father the Joseph said to him, "No, my father, this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. Firstborn, right hand on his head." I would love for you to go in. I you know I'm 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 hoping I'm arousing curiosity because I want you to be curious and I want you to go in here and read the Bible. It's His Word, and if we're really wondering what is right, we've got to look at the Bible. We've got to look at the Bible for what is right. We've got to look for direction from the director. And the director is our Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for for protecting us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for guiding us. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you want us to see and hear. Help us to be right. Help us to make right decisions. Help us to have that discernment to know what to do, when to do, and even the why if we need to know the why. Not always is the why very available to us, but someday we'll understand. Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. You stretch out your right hand and the earth swallows your enemies. Stretching out your right hand. That's good. So sometimes, do you feel powerless in doing the right thing? Are there situations where you feel that you, you, you maybe even know what the right thing is? But you just feel powerless, like you don't have the power to do the right thing. Do you know that even the Apostle Paul struggled with doing the right thing? So don't feel bad if you're struggling doing the right thing. Yes, this is the same Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Paul was very transparent about his struggle in Romans 7.15. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. I can relate. How about you? Paul is talking about how his actions were not lining up with his will. He wanted to do good, but he was not finding the power to do good in his flesh. If you're tuning in right now, I just want to say thank you. It's no coincidence that you've tuned into the show, and you might be a regular, and thank you for that too, and and Randy, thank you so much for your letters. I just really appreciate it. And those of you that uh, would rather stay anonymous, even though first name is just a first name, um, I just want to say thank you for reaching out to me and connecting with me. And I would love to hear from each and every listener that's listening right now or viewing on Facebook. Uh, you know, and how you do that is you just go to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, like french fries, dot com. SueFreeze.com. Remember that, please. Um, go there and connect with me. Tell me what's going on. Tell me if you need resources. Tell me if you need prayer. I'm the only one that opens that up. It's just me. Um, the Lord already knows our thoughts and our, our words before we sp- we speak them, right? So he already knows. But when you reach out to me, I will do my best to either forward it to the proper party or, um, you know, pray for you or I will get back to you. And, you know, any way I can, I will do what I can to help you. All right. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. What Paul is describing is a no-end situation. That is a terrible position to be in. How many times had I struggled to do the right thing in my own power, only to fail and then condemn myself for it? In my case, my struggle was binging and overeating. I'm reading this. This is not me. Um, But I know that that is a struggle for a lot of people. 
It's just not my struggle. I have my own struggle. It's not this. I failed too many times to count. I'm sorry. Oh, it's Kimberly Taylor. It was really um, faint. I didn't even see the name. So this is by Kimberly Taylor. Give credit where credit is due. Paul discovered that the real problem was that he was looking for power to do good in the wrong place. What is the right place? This is essential knowledge if you want the victory in your weight loss struggle. Here's the reason why looking to the flesh for power to do the right thing is the wrong place to look. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. Romans 8, 7. According to the scripture, the flesh will never want to do the right thing. That is the reason why willpower does not work ultimately. It's like expecting a fox to guard the hen house. Looking to his flesh for power to good to do good left Paul feeling frustrated and defeated. In Romans seven twenty four, he cried out, "O oh, wretched man that I am, or woman, who will deliver me from his body of death?" But Paul didn't leave us in suspense. He gave us the answer immediately. Are you ready? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Of course, Jesus could handle whatever happened to him. He was victorious in every situation. I want to stop right there, and I want to tell you about the I am's. The I am's is who Christ says you are. And so many times we listen to the wrong voice. Isn't it time to start listening to the right words? Your voice speaking the right words. Your soul, your mind will be transformed because you're going to be renewing your mind. How do you do that? You go to Sue Free, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. You push this button that gives you three pages of free scriptures that are the I am's. And what reminded me of this is the victorious, because that's one of the lines on there of three pages of lines to read your mind, your heart, your soul. They hear your words better than they'll hear anyone else's. So you really, truly can transform your thinking by changing your story by changing the words that you are speaking in your mind to yourself. So right now, one of mine is because I'm under attack. Okay, I'm under attack. And when you do good, if you do right, if you do well, you're going to have attack. And the bigger the journey, the bigger the battle, maybe the bigger you're doing as far as doing good things. So what I have to remind myself is I'm victorious in Jesus' name. Devil, you are defeated in Jesus' name. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And this goes for you, too. You have these same words, this same power to do right. It's not within your own will to do right. It's within his power that he gives you the strength and the power to fight the enemy and to fight your own flesh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. That was good. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that myself. In him is love, power, strength, wisdom, grace, and truth. Scripture describes the enemy as like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. For victory over him, you need a greater power, the Lion of Judah. I was just in a three-hour conversation, and I felt like I was talking to the devil. And I have to tell you that I had to get strength because my head hurt so bad and I was shaking and I just didn't feel comfortable in the situation. And I knew 
that the desire was not to be healed in that situation. And I feel that I needed to lean on the power of the Holy Spirit and lean on the Lion of Judah to give me the strength and the power to fight through what I was dealing with. The power of the Christian life is in allowing Jesus to live out his life through us, his disciples. Do you realize you're his disciple? That's another one of the I am's is that you are an ambassador of Christ. You are a disciple. How does that feel? You are victorious. You are a child of God. Say that. I am a child of God. I am an ambassador for Christ. How does that feel? Feels a lot better than some of the other things you've been saying to yourself. I can guarantee you that. I can guarantee you that because I know it's so easy to fall into that. It's so easy. You know, it's so easy, but you know what? We have to fight that. We have to fight that battle and understand that we are victorious in Jesus' name. This is so strong to me right now because I am fighting this right now, and it's an ongoing fight. We're in this journey together. And I just know deep, deep in my soul and yours too that you want to do the right thing. And you feel powerless sometimes, as so do I. And so we have to lean on our Heavenly Father for that strength and that power. And the truth shall be known. The truth will come out. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know about you right now, but I feel so powerless in what's going on in our world, in our country. So powerless. But you know what? We're not powerless. We're not. Sometimes we have to wait and be patient. Be anxious for nothing. That's us right now. He does this by the power of the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus lived in dependency upon the Father, so we live in dependency upon him. According to Romans 6, 4, 11, you were crucified with Jesus and you were buried with him. Because of this, you are no longer a slave to sin. The best news of all. Because Jesus rose again, so did you, the man or woman who went into the grave is not the same one who comes out. You are now united with the resurrected Christ. You are a new creation indwelt by him through the Holy Spirit. And here's some scriptures to back all this up. You ready? Romans 8.10. But if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Ephesians 3.17, that Christ may make his home in your hearts through faith. Do you want Christ to make his home in your heart? If you're saying no, I would just ask you why not, and if not now, when? Second Corinthians 4, 6 and 7, Because the God who said, Out of darkness light shall shine, is the one who shined in our hearts to illuminate the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the ex- excellency of the power may be of God and not out of us. 
Isn't it wonderful that you can rely on Jesus' power to live a life that honors him, not your own effort? Good thing, huh? That's all I got to say. It's a good thing we're not depending on me to have what it takes to get through this. That old way is exhausting, not to mention the result is usually a superficial change. So I'm going to leave you with that for the part one, and we're going to get to the part two right after this brief break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. Hey there, cutie. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS, termitelady.com. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma, revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, Learning to Breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much, E. Cola Termite and Pest Control Services, for sponsoring the show. And if you are interested in sponsoring the show, I want to talk to you. Listen, businesses out there, uh, you know, it, it's always hard to get new customers and to get the word out, right? You want to educate those customers and know that your service is the best service to, to um, hire. And so the way you do that is, how do you do that? Okay, um, if you're not sure, if what you're doing is working but you want more, maybe radio is, is the venue for you. And I would be able to help you with that. Um, this show goes uh, many different places. It's syndicated. It goes to San Diego. Thank you, San Diegans, for listening so much on KPRZ. K-Praise, and also it goes, and that's at, let's see, what time is that? Um, I think that's at 4, yes. And then KDAR in Ventura, thank you Venturians for listening, it's at 5 o'clock on Saturday. And then KKLA in Orange County is at 6 o'clock on Saturday. And then we have some other secular stations that are also taking on this show, getting that word, the word, out uh, to all of those listeners. And so it's really a wonderful thing. So if you want to know more, please contact me. 
Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. Go there and let's talk. And I will help you any way I can to see if this is a good way of getting the word out for you. Okay, so we're going to get back into this. And we're talking about doing the right thing. Right. That word right. And uh, do you want to be right? Do you want to do the right thing? Are you questioning if you are on uh, on the right on the right side, and I don't mean that in a political standpoint, but it does apply there too. But what I'm saying is, is that do you believe that your stand, wherever your stand is, if it's truth, if it's real, you know, do you believe with all your heart? Because I believe everybody right now, no matter what side anybody's on or what their beliefs are, everybody is believing that they are right. But not all of us can be if we're not together and in unity there's got to be a right and a wrong here and we're going to find out what that is aren't we sooner or later the truth will come out because that's what happens truth will come out so um, that's what we're talking about right now and we're saying that you know in our own strength in our own bodily strength it's very hard to fight to do right it's very difficult to do it so we need god's help does that make us weak i don't think so i think it makes us more empowered i think it makes us stronger Because we understand that we can't do all these things in our own strength. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And there, that's that's what I have to stand on. Because when I think about, I know in my heart of hearts, I want to do the right thing. And so many things on the first part of this, if you're just coming in for the second half of the show, uh, you know, so many times during this last year, I was questioning you know, do I really know what is right? Does anybody, even the specialists and experts that are giving us advice, do they really know? No, we found out later they didn't. So, you know, we put our faith and our trust in the experts, right? But not always are the experts giving us accurate information. And maybe they're just not being totally truthful because they're afraid to. I don't know. And I'm not going to second guess that. All I'm saying is, is that you and I have a decision to make, and we have to base it on facts gathered, right? You have to get the information in order to make the intelligent decision that you are put in power or in responsibility of. And sometimes, especially as a business owner, when you've got lots of employees that you're trying to do the right thing for, and you want to do the right thing, but yet you're not sure what that is. It's just more or difficult. This, this last year has been the most difficult of all, is trying to figure out what that is, because nobody really knows. And so what I said in the first half is that I needed to, to just lean on God's word because it was the only thing that I could really put my, my flag in or whatever you want to call it. I mean, I, I really had to have a stance on what was really going to give me the empowerment and the strength to know that if I follow God's word, if I do what he's telling me to do, then I feel a lot better than listening to people. I want to listen to God. And so that's where I put my hope, my faith, my strength Um, was in him. And so, you know, if you're not sure, um, I would guarantee you it it would work for you too. So, however, when you allow Jesus to live out his life through you, he gets all the glory for your victories, not you. How do you allow Jesus to live his life through you? In Romans 7.25, Paul gives guidance. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Decide daily and as often as necessary throughout the day to turn each issue that concerns you over to him through a simple prayer. Jesus, I can't do this in my own strength. Live out your life through me. This is not about you trying harder. 
and then stacking Jesus on top of your own efforts. It is about seeing every situation through Jesus's eyes. While you have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.16, you need to renew your mind from those old dead ways of thinking. And we all have those. We've got to get those out, put something new in there. And the new has to be better than the old, for sure. How do you do that? Through the study and practice of God's word, you receive his wisdom and power to do the right thing by faith. Sometimes, you know, we don't know what's going to happen when we do the right thing. And sometimes we feel that there's more opposition, which there is. There is. And then we think, oh, my goodness, did I do the wrong thing? We have to stand in faith. Because if God's telling us this is what we're supposed to be doing, then we have to stand firm on that. And just believe and trust, right? And that's not always easy for us to do, is it? It's not easy. But it's the right thing to do. There's that word, right? But I soon realized that the flesh only wants to satisfy, justify, glorify, and even magnify itself. Whether that satisfaction was from giving into the flesh's desires, justification from achieving certain goals, glorification to obtain the approval of man, or magnification to feed my pride, my actions were still flesh-driven and self-centered. You know, I had a conversation just, I was talking about it earlier, and I was talking about, you know, a decision that was made, and I asked the question, was this decision made for healing or to hurt? And I think that's a really good question. You know, sometimes people say, well, I'm just trying to heal. But no, I think your actions are saying that you're trying to hurt. Well, I'm praying for you right now, but then the next breath, the actions are showing not what the words are saying. The actions are showing, I'm trying to cause pain to you, even though your words are saying, I'm praying for you. So I think we just need to be truthful and real and not deceptive, right? And when you hear these things, you've got to do an evaluation and ask God to give you the discernment to see through it. I think it's really important that we do that. The flesh is like an affluenza child. I want what I want when I want it. But as a child of God, the flesh is not the real you. Your renewed spirit is the real you. Your old man was buried with Jesus, remember? It felt uncomfortable to say no to my flesh when I wanted to do something that was not good. During those moments, I sent Jesus to the door in a quick prayer. Jesus, live through me. Jesus, live through me. Your words, not my words, Lord. That's one I use when I come in here. Your words, not my words, Lord. During one particularly difficult time, I could only repeat mentally, Jesus, 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 Jesus. There's no better word to fight the enemy. No better word when you're in a household where you feel like you can feel the evil. You just walk through that house and say, Jesus, it's amazing. I pressed into him for strength to ride through the storm, and he gave it. Submitting to Jesus' authority and allowing him to live through you is a process. Galatians 4.19 says, My children, with whom I travail again in birth until Christ is formed in you. Spiritual formation takes time. I love that. For those of you that feel like you got to get it right the first time, that was me. Just saying, um, through many years of marriage, I was just, I, I, I just was trying to fix everything and make everything happen just perfectly. I wanted to be the perfect wife, perfect mom, perfect, perfect, perfect. And it just couldn't be. And what I realized is, you know, I'd be anxious for nothing. I was anxious for everything. I know some of you can relate to what I'm saying right now. 
And it took me years and years and years of anguish and anxiety to realize that I can't fix this. And I have to have peace and realize it's a journey. I don't have to fix this today. I don't have to fix this right now. That God is still working on me. Thank God he's still working on me. He's not done with me yet. And guess what? The good news is he's not done with you yet either. So spiritual formation takes time. And he's working on you right now. He hears the words. He's hearing this. And you're hearing it. And there's something going on inside of you right now. And that thing that's going on inside of you is the Lord, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, probably tugging on you a little bit. Listen to it. Listen to him. I believe he's a him. You can believe what you want. It could be a her. I don't know. I, I believe it's a him. Listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I say daily that I look for God to show up. Today, I, I will tell you, and I had two people in my office, and they can attest to what I'm saying to you right now, is when I pulled up Bible Gateway, which I talked about in the first section, the first session of this, uh, this show, I, I pulled up Bible Gateway. And right when I was uh, exiting out of the program to show how many 900 and whatever times right is in the Bible, that there was uh, something else that was saying something 143. Okay. So those of you that haven't listened to me before, you don't know that um, 143 for me is I love you because the I, the one is I, the four is L-O-V-E, and then the three is Y-O-U. And it happens um, when we used to use the little beepers, we could beep 143 and tell that person that has the beeper that you're beeping that you love them. So I used to push I 143 onto my children's beeper every day because I wanted them to know that mommy was thinking about them and that I wanted them to know that I love them because I think it's the, probably the most important words that you could tell a person is I love you on on people's deathbeds the last thing they say is I love you you realize that how much power there is and I love you so today when I was pushing the exit button just at a glance I looked at the middle of the screen and there was a 143 and I went wait a minute so I went back into Bible Gateway because I didn't even believe my eyes because to me that's God telling me that I'm on track with the message today. I'm on track with what he's saying to me. And he's saying, daughter, I love you. I love you. Sue Freeze, I love you. I love you because you're stepping out and you're being bold and you're saying what I'm wanting you to say right now. I love you. So it was really wonderful for me to see that I love you. And some of you might, um, you might think I'm strange, but really, you know what? It's I've made decisions based on that, so just know. And my decisions, you know, I've had some pretty good times, and obviously we've failed sometimes too, and that's just part of learning. Which gets me back to this life is a journey. Your life is a journey. You don't have to get it right right this minute. Isn't that relieving? I mean, doesn't that relieve you? Just can you take a deep breath in and out and understand that your anxiousness is not going to help anybody? Your worry is not going to help anybody. It doesn't. All it does is it causes you to have health issues. So understand that and just understand that God's not done with you yet. He's not done with me yet. And I'm glad because I haven't arrived. I don't know about you, but I haven't arrived. I still have, I have those rough edges that I'm still trying to, you know, rub off, you know, and, and, and get smoother. And, you know, Psalm 139, search me and know me, oh God. If there's an evil way, pluck it out. Reveal it to me so that I can work on it. So somebody needed to hear that. So there you go. Ah, okay. So. If you return to your old habits, 
or find yourself looking to your flesh once again for power, say, I thank God that Christ is being formed in me. Then look to Jesus once again, obeying what he tells you to do. Now, you guys, you know, audibly, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, some people say they, they hear him audibly. I don't. It's a thought that comes in my mind, and it's after I've been in the Word or something, and I'll get a, just like when I was praying about, God, what do you want me to talk about? And, and you know, I, I take my life lessons. I take my life story. I take about what I'm dealing with, which the word right is so right, because that's what I'm dealing with, is doing the right thing, being the right person, saying the right thing. I don't always. Darn it. But I'm hoping I'm learning, and I hope you're learning, you know, when to push, you know, you text something and you read it and you're, you know, do I push it or do I not? Lord, give me the discernment. Should I, should I push send on this? My daughter always laughs because she goes, did you push send or did you wait? And she laughs at me all the time. I was, oh, I push send. Uh, Anyway. Okay. Did you know that he is the author and finisher of your faith? As you go through this process, here are some things not to do. Do not condemn yourself for mistakes. Oh, did I just do that? It's okay, though. Um, I just know I make them. We all fall short of the glory of God, don't we? We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And he gives us grace, and his grace is sufficient for you and for me. And I'm so glad. And if you're tuning in right now, I just want to say thank you. This is the Sue Free Show. Sue Free, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. My son says that in his sleep, I think, and he laughs every time. Sue Free, spelled like fries, one word, dot com. I want you to go there and connect with me. I'm all about connecting. I like to connect. So I'm hoping that the Lord is connecting with you. And I hope that I'm connecting with you, and I hope we can connect together. Because this is a one-way conversation right now. I'm talking to you. I'd love to hear from you, though. So please connect with me. All you do is play into the hands of the enemy. He loves to accuse God's children. But remember Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So don't do your will. Do His will. Always be asking, is this the right thing to do? And where do you go for that? Go to his word. Situations like these show you why you need a savior. God sent his word to heal you and deliver you from destruction. Do not say, I will never succeed with this. (sighs) No, those aren't the right words. When you do this, you are contradicting God's word. God sees the person he created you to be. Even as he is working on the person you are now, he sees the end from the beginning. He created you for a purpose. Do you realize that? He created you. He had something special just for you. Don't let him down. Don't let yourself down. Allow him to thrive through you. Allow him to speak through you. Show your gifts. He will never give up on you. So you should never give up on yourself. Something glorious is being birthed in you. Philippians 1, 6 says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. I don't have that one memorized, and I think it's a good one to memorize. Philippians 1, 6, write it down and memorize it. Do not trust your feelings. Your feelings can flee. You know, they can. You are walking by faith, not by sight. You must settle in your heart that God's word is true. I've settled that in mine. And that's where I go so I can live a right life. I can be a righteous person because I'm, I'm doing my best. Okay, have I arrived? No, I'm doing my best to live a righteous life. I'm doing my best to do the right thing. His word is true no matter how you feel. This is very important during times of temptation and pressure. Feelings can be deceptive. 
especially when they are generated from lying, manipulative thoughts, those that contradict God's word. Some of the lying thoughts that may come up include, Jesus doesn't live in me. He does live in you. These habits control me. No, they don't. Only if you choose to let them. I have to do this. I have no choice. God gave you a choice. In every situation, he gives you a door that shuts and a window that will open so that you can flee temptation when it knocks at your door. That was good. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that. I'll be dissatisfied, deprived, or miss out if I don't do this. Out of obedience comes blessing. So what are you going to say to yourself? See, these are the things that we say to ourselves. Oh, man, if I don't do this, I'm going to miss it. If I don't do this, I'm not going to be liked. If I don't do this, blah, 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 blah. It's not fair that everybody else gets to do what they want and I don't. What is it that they're doing? Is it the right thing for them to be doing? Ask yourself that. That is your flesh talking, not your renewed spirit. Remember, your spirit is the real you, not your flesh. So do not agree, nor identify with it. When these lying thoughts come up, send Jesus to answer the door through his word. That is taking your thoughts captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. And that's in 2 Corinthians 10.5. Jesus died so that you might experience abundant life in him. That word abundant doesn't mean less than. It doesn't. So don't think you're going to miss out. He wants you to live and experience an abundant life. Not to sow to the flesh, he said in John 6, 6, 3. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Power to overcome challenges is allowing Jesus to live through you. When you do that, success is guaranteed and his glory is assured. Think about what your goal is in this life. What is God's goal for your life? What sets you apart? Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Kimberly Taylor is the author of this message right here, and she has a program. It's called Take Back Your Temple. And uh, you could look her up, Kimberly Taylor. Um, I really liked this. This was really helpful, and it was so spot on for me. And, um, you know... I'm always looking for for things where um, it can help me get this message across. And the Lord just provides. And Lydia is so helpful when she uh, puts things together. I give her a word or I give her an idea. And then she goes into Bible Gateway and she goes other places and she finds things. And I'm so thankful for Lydia and, and uh, her discernment to know um, what, to, what to get out for me. And um, just very thankful. I am so blessed. And, you know, I think all of us, I, I have another part of this. I don't know how much time I have right now. But I just really want to let you know that when you're feeling really attacked, the best thing you can do is just be thankful. Look for everything. Speak it out, out loud, what you're thankful for. Because even in the midst of all of our circumstances, even in the midst of what's going on, we have so much to be thankful for and so much to be grateful for. And the more we think about that, that gratitude, the more it builds us up and lifts us up and realizes that we have so much, so many blessings. How do you know if you are doing the right thing? 
There are lots of times in life when it's hard to know whether we are doing the right thing. In order to figure out whether a particular action or decision is morally right or wrong, there are two things we need to look at. One, the action itself, and two, our motivation for doing the action. Isn't that good? It's so good. The action itself, the first, namely knowing whether a particular action is right or wrong. Like I was saying, is this to heal or to hurt? Is this right or is this wrong? Right? Right. (laughs) We need to read and study the Bible, go to church and learn the scriptures, Bible study groups. A good place to begin learning right from wrong in the Bible is the Ten Commandments found in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5 and in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 7. You know, you can push replay if you're listening to the podcast, and I would really write those down, and I would go there, and I would I would print them out. Print those out and put them somewhere where you can read them over and over and over again so you understand, you know, right from wrong. If you are new to the Christian faith, it will take some time to become familiar with the Bible. And if you have a question about a particular action, it would be a good idea to ask your pastor or other mature Christian church members where in the Bible it talks about that. Submitting yourself to God and to your local church leadership and allowing your thoughts, words, and actions to be shaped by God's word. The Apostle Paul talks about this in Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And it goes on, and I just, um, I just want to say, be a blessing to someone each and every day. Go to Romans 12, 1, 2, and read what I was just reading. I'm out of time I just wish I wasn't out of time, but I am. God bless you. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. And look, let's all strive to do the right thing. God bless you. Bye. Ah, it's that time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call Ecola Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. Ecola has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. Ecola keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call Ecola today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS.